sir. Okay, Matt Lodner coming to you live on a Sunday. Tom Klinger, Unionville, Missouri, is busy putting in the crop. He's agreed to talk to me for a few minutes. Now, all you young punks out there that don't know who the F Tom Klinger is, you better recognize. You better turn up the radio and listen to some Tom Klinger stories. Now, Tom, I want to get you on the show with Steve Martin and then with Mark Ramey. Someday we're going to have a Mark Ramey, a Steve Martin, and a Tom Klinger podcast. Uh, we had Ty Hollinger on last week. We're going to have uh, Eldon Miller on. Paul Clapp has been on twice. Uh, I simply like recording the old stories that happened that kind of shaped the industry over the last 30 or 40 years. And how long have you particularly been raising clubcast, Tom? Well, I'm 73, and I started uh, showing and working on cattle when I was uh, nine years old. I'm not very good at math, but I think that's 1958. Milton Starman, I took care of the steer, won the international uh, Miller had in the early 60s. You're talking about and, Lyle uh, Miller? Yeah. Well, Lyle Miller from Osceola, Iowa. Ty Ellinger mentioned him in the show the other day, and I looked him up to see if we could get him on the show. Unfortunately, he had passed away a year or two ago. Yes, yeah, so a long time ago, in the first steer, I worked for J.C. McLean and Bud Sloan in high school. The big Angus man at that time had five international grand champions at Chicago Bulls and the Heifer. I had to sleep in, uh, with the Heifer out in the tie out in the middle of the winter uh, so nobody would bother, but it was back in high school. Steer, I, I sold the... Uh, was in the mid '60s, one uh, reserve grant at Ohio State Fair, but okay. uh, sold it in Ohio and won all the state fairs a couple times in the Midwest. Is Bud Sloan still alive, Tom? He's alive, but he's uh, having health problems. I went and saw him here a few weeks ago. Uh, he got some semen on a scimitar bull I had, but been fighting COVID, and he's at Hamilton, Missouri. And does he still help with the American Royal, or did he retire from that? No, he, he, he's retired. <laughs> Two days ago, Paul Flapp gave a story about him and Stan Romsberg. Story. They were at Sioux Empire in the late 80s, and they frequented a little uh, entertainment complex in Sioux Falls called Scarlett O'Hare's, and uh, they, they brought one of, one of the entertainers from the night previous out to the show at the Sioux Empire Farm Show Fairgrounds and had that entertainer uh, show a steer for him. <laughs> and Paul said that uh, the steer should have been middle of the class, but it won its class. And the associate judge spent the whole time helping that young lady set the cap up. And probably one of the top funniest stories that we've heard just in terms of a unique situation. Had a lot of state fair winning stories. If you'd prefer to tell a steer that won a show that uh, maybe overcame some odds or something, just any unique story. I mean, I, I have bred all these cattle myself when I came over here to Missouri in 1970. and, and I Before had, Missouri, where did you live? Somebody said you lived in Illinois, is that right? I, I lived in Quincy, Illinois. Is that the same hometown as uh, Nolan Pleasure? Yeah, Nolan and I were running around. We butted heads in our county fair. He was uh, my big competition, but we were friends, and we showed all together through uh, when we were in high school at the county fairs, and so I've known Nolan forever. He stood up with wedding, and so I've been friends with him ever since I was a kid. 
Nolan, in my mind's eye, I don't see him as like cowman uh, club calf guy. I see him as like steer trader club calf guy. He had a sale with Bobby May uh, yep. in, over in Illinois, and, and I sold uh, calves that, that they'd buy from me. I mean, I've won West Wisconsin State Fair a couple times. I used to deal a lot with Bobby May, too, on cattle. I see you in the box of cow guy. Like, I mean, do you see yourself as like someone that... Concentrated, concentrated more on the production end of it rather than the trading end of it. Is that true? Or yeah, you... yeah. I, I just uh, mainly cow calf and my herd, and then just a I and, and sold. I'm not a really a, a fitter. I mean, I've had people help us fit, and, and some of the best in the country. The kids, for sure. Yeah, when the kids showed, we we won a lot. We. We won every Sioux Falls, every prospect show, had Grand and Reserve with a lot of them when the kids were showing. And we went to Texas to the belt buckle, and we won Grand and Reserve back when the kids were showing. And they closed it after that because they didn't like people from Missouri coming yep. down there and winning their show. You know you're doing good whenever they make up rules specifically for you, Tom. Great job. I like through the years, you've done a lot of business with Mark Copas and done a lot of business with uh, Russ Harkman. Or tell a Mark Copas story just because those are other industry professionals that we're, we're going to have on the show eventually. They've just been a little bit shy about coming on the show. But uh, Mark yeah. Copas was a really good friend, too, and he was a big competitor. He worked for Doc Wise when our kids were showing and we were reserved. Uh, to him at uh, Denver uh, in the crossbreds and uh, Kerry was, but in the '90s and probably the '80s, but I wouldn't I wouldn't have known him in the '80s. But in the '90s, Mark Copas was basically like Michael Jordan in terms of steer fitters, steer guys, or whatever. Mm -hmm. The ground that he walked on, I'm not trying to like overstate it. He just was a truly, and to this day, he he just knows cattle. But I'm just saying during his prime years, prime period, whatever you want to call it. He literally could make shit happen, and uh, I just, I think it needs to be noted that, like, today you think of maybe Tracy Gretzka or or up-and-comer, maybe a Nelson England type that is, maybe has reached the, or Tracy is at that level right now, Nelson is, is reaching towards that level, but I'm just trying to make for this newer generation that's not as familiar with uh, Mark, who still is active, but maybe more involved in the southern market at this point. Now, he came up to the Iowa State Fair in 2005, six somewhere in there, and he blew the doors off the Iowa State Fair. I, I raised that steer, and Mark took uh, the steer uh, to Texas and won the two big prospect shows and then sent yep. it up here to Iowa. That steer was never beat. He, yep. he won every shot. Heat Seeker that was what the calf was sired by. Mark was... Uh, uh, I sold them several calves through the years when they, they were having sales down there and sell them up north and south. But Mark, Mark is a tremendous fitter and real good clipper, and he clips steers for me. And uh, I w I'd put Mark up with anybody as far as getting a calf ready at uh, crunch time. To, to this day, to this day, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he can still clip. In terms of you being the breeder and Mark being the trader, though, I mean, could he maximize the money potential of them, or could he just get them to win more? What was the advantages of doing business? No, he, he, 
he sold them good and and uh, I I don't know. I mean, he uh, he get everything out of it and uh yep. I don't know if you had to go show against them in uh, in the ring, you better be ready, you know. Get it right. So, yeah, for me. Steve Martin worked for you for a time. How many years is approximately did Steve work for you? Oh, he worked for me probably 14 or so. He started when he was young until and his wife uh, I sold her a steer. That's where he met Kelly. Uh, I sent him out there to groom her steer. It won at Indiana State Fair, but oh. they brought the, the calf from me, and uh, and uh, that's how that connection where did, made. Where did uh, where did Steve grow up? Do you know? I'm, I'm gonna... uh, uh, he down by Carrollton, down in Carrollton. I knew the kids when they were showing. They were showing when our oh. kids were, and he just. He just came in here and, and stayed, you know. He was quite oh. a character. I've had just a handful of generational talent, uh, a Charlie Wilson, a Josh Greiner, uh, even a Mike Jones helped me. And whenever you have that elite talent that you can actually say works for you and uh, you're able to day-to-day work with them, it just brings up the efficiency level in your program. And I'm not trying to throw roses and rainbows and sunshine here, but uh, – I just see Steve as that generational talent, and he's proved that after he left your farm, I don't know when he moved to Indiana, but uh, to have the the success that he's had throughout his career in the cattle deal, but now last year he wins the Indiana State Fair Barrel Show as one of what has been described as one of the best barrels of all time. It just shows his ability. And that kind of came through his wife, I mean, and, and her family. I, they were messing with hogs even when they brought us for me years ago. Yeah. Mark Ramey has showed expressed, in, expressed interest in being on a show with you in a roundtable format. Uh, did you, he said he had reserved the Ohio State Fair one year. Was that calf from you? Yes, it was from me. It was a, it was a total, total play. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he brought it from me. And uh, I've got so many people. I've known about everybody in the business for so long. I mean, I've kind of dealt with a lot of them. Is your your kiddo, Carrie, she's helping you day-to-day at the farm now, correct? Yeah, she's living here. She she loves it. She's yep. got some cows, but she's she's the only one here. All my other kids moved up or moving to Iowa. They haven't left yet. They're all going to be up in Iowa. Mike's up there and Matt is teaching us Ankeny. And, uh, they're, they're in the Iowa now. I know that Mike has uh, got a very good banking career. Uh, your daughter Carrie was at once married to uh, Russ Arkema. And then yeah. uh, the last question I had for you, and this this is a question that comes from Mark Ramey to my buddy Brandon Snyder from Ohio. And if you don't want to answer it, just hang up the phone. According to Brandon Snyder, who was told this by Mark Ramey, you owned a large amount of land or acres somewhere in some tropical location and you were offered offered good money to sell it at one point in the 80s or 90s and you chose not to does that have any bit of truth to it well that was that was my dad uh, that had land in brazil before all mounts all the soybeans and developed but he took glory and i down there after we got married and and there was no electricity or power. They measured it. They had two million acres. Oh. And uh, he said, uh, 
this is where Gloria and I should set our mark and, and the opportunity to so be just like a pioneer, your ancestors 150 years ago, and start developing this. And Gloria started crying. She never thought she would see Unionville again, her kids. So Dad saw that it didn't look like she wanted to settle down there. But he had it with 10 other guys. And we took pearl-handled pistols down to the president of Brazil when we went down there, and he met with him. But this is when they were trying to develop all that, and he got it in the early 60s. I do think you have millions of stories you could tell. The ones that you choose to share with us is great. It's just nice to uh, get these stories uh, down in audio form so in 10, 20, 30 years, a guy can go back and see what things were like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. We'll see you.